Welcome to The Bee Podcast. The mission of The Bee is to create an inspiring platform for all women of every age to have meaningful conversations with the intent to genuinely understand each other's journey, to listen to stories similar and different than our own, engage in each other's triumphs and failures, hear and validate one another on the separate unique journeys we have traveled, the loss we have endured, the joy we have encountered, and the reason behind the lessons we have learned. Bees symbolize community, personal growth, and power. And that is what we aim to do here. Create community, foster growth, and empower women. I'm Cami Milliken, and this is the Bee Podcast. Hey, Bee Podcast listeners. Thanks so much for being here. Today, we get an inside look at a 911 dispatcher's life. I was so thrilled to sit down and have a conversation with Jennifer Finley about the ins and outs of dispatching. Her sense of humor and positive outlook on life outweighs the heaviness of the job because, let's be real, this career is no joke. Listen in as she shares her experience with being the first person you call when you're in crisis. Hi, everyone. I am here with Jennifer Finley, and you might know her from her fantastic memes and wonderful Facebook humor. How are you? Doing well. Thank you. Yes, I am so glad that you are here. I have um, been wanting to have a conversation with someone in your field for a long time. And I thought you would be just the perfect amount of serious and sassy and funny. So let's kind of dive into who you are, your family, your hobbies, your career. Sure. Um, Born and raised here in Ottumwa. Um, I always said I would never leave this place, especially as long as my mom's here. Um, As far as family goes, I have three adult children and i say that loosely because they are grown men (laughs) um so three adult boys um they have two girlfriends one single and then i have one 13 month old grandson that i absolutely adore as you should he is just oh my gosh he's just exactly what every baby should be round and plump and sassy so and as far as hobby goes if if you ever if i'm not working and i'm not sleeping i try to bake and just give away goodies. And I am first to, I, I can I just say that you should open up a bakery because everything you make is so good. You guys. I'm an old school baker. I just make the classics, whereas everybody else is like fancy. Dick. I'm, I'm a classic like grandma recipe. The, you recently made for like around Christmas time, you were doing like holiday baking and you made these incredible like peanut clusters, right? Is that what I, I ate? Oh yeah. I sent you turtles, I think, or something like that. So good. I, yeah. Oh my gosh. They were so good. I ate on them um, and I didn't share them and I'm not, I don't regret it. <laughs> You're not ashamed. <laughs> I don't regret it. <laughs> I just know not to make something that TJ likes to send home to you. <laughs> yeah. Cause he likes to steal them. He likes to, yeah. yeah. God, TJ, come in. <clears throat> Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So Jennifer, let's talk about your current career. And which is what? I am technically called a data communication specialist, um, which has basically turned 911 dispatcher. Um, obviously, my roles are more than that and duties included in that. Um, I mean, we answer non-emergency lines and we do some paperwork and stuff like that. But that's the easiest way to, to describe it. Yeah. And do you feel like that career is pretty male dominated in law enforcement? 
Um, dispatching, I would say, is mostly women. However, I would think LE themselves are mostly men. Yeah. Okay. So that's interesting. And now that I think about it, at, at the Law Center here in Buffalo County and Ottumwa, there it really is. There are a lot of female dispatchers, right. which is fascinating. Well, you know, here's the thing. Here's what TJ tells me. You have to be able to multitask and ain't nobody better at multitasking than women. Can I get any men? That's right. And who doesn't like being able to tell men where to go? (laughs) So good. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Okay. So what led you to, what drew you to this? Um, I always say this is probably what I consider a grown-up job. Mm-hmm. Um, I've managed restaurants for 15 years. I had no retirement. I had no insurance. So I thought it's time to get a grown up job and insurance and retirement was a huge factor for this. So, yeah. And it should be with, you know, what you have to deal with on a daily mm-hmm. basis. Um, so that's interesting. I didn't realize that about, um, your history in, in hospitality. Is that, or no, is that, is that no, hospitality yeah. or is that hospitality sure. is it's whatever you want to call it. Oh, okay. I, just call it I would say the service industry, service something industry. along that, you know, okay. a server, bartender, whatever you want to call it. So yeah, I'd been doing that for 15 years. And I think that's one of the things that helped me being able to multitask. I knew, you know, I'm used to getting a drink and a cider ranch and getting their food. And do I need to go to the bar and get this drink and keeping that all in track? So yeah. And then kind of transferring that to emergency services would, would transfer really well. I mean, if you're good at your job. Phone, yeah. 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 I might be talking on the phone. Someone's screaming at me to check a warrant. So I'm on the phone talking while flipping through files. Oh my gosh. I just want to, I want to observe. I want to come in and listen and watch. And um, there's a lot of bad moods in there. There's a lot of bad moods. Words. <laughs> oh, bad words. I'm certain. Sometimes TJ. <laughs> that's, here, you guys. Okay. So TJ, my husband and Jennifer work together. And, um, it's the funniest thing because sometimes like we are really, we really are intentional about not swearing in front of our kids. Right. Cause they're very, they're very young and really, it doesn't really come up in conversation at all. Um, but there'll be some days where I'm like, Oh, did you forget that you were at home now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Atmosphere change, TJ. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Okay. So how long have you been, uh, in, in this position? I am coming up on three years, which is really low when you think about it. Um, February 4th, I think will be my three-year mark. So it, and time flies, you think every day is the same and it's not, and it's just, you just go. Right. And, uh, I feel like there's a lot of, um, what is it? Turnaround? Is that the right term that I'm using? They say, I know that's one thing that was always told by the previous supervisor was you have a 50, 50 shot at this job. You're either going to make it or you're not. And that's pretty true with the ones that we haven't seen lately. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, it, the, the job is so demanding of your like mental focus. And for doing, doing that, you know, eight hours, 10 hours, 12 hours a day that can really, I mean, did you just, did you just like want to crash when you get home? Because I mean, well, when I was on nights or excuse me, when I was on second shift, 
no, I didn't, it didn't have, I mean, I could stay up till one, two o'clock in the morning and have no problems. But now that I'm on day shift, I'm like, I need to go to bed at eight o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 So, I feel that you just process it. Yeah. And I feel like, I mean, do you, do you feel like you have enough time to think about the things that you're doing? Absolutely not. You just, Absolutely you're just not. like going, your brain is. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, that's just one of those things where you, you know, it may not be the best day, but you know, it's going to end as far as you're, you know, you're going to be able to go home and relax and take your mind off things. Take a break, take a breath. Yeah. So you're on, um, first shift right now, correct? Correct. I started first shift first week of January. Okay. Um, it was a hard transition. I am not a morning person by any Mm -hmm. means. Um, but I knew it was probably just time, especially where I was at in seniority. Um, I just wanted to go ahead and snag that position now and then go from there. For sure. So at the, uh, police department, there are three shifts, correct? And there isn't, there isn't a swing shift for the police department. Correct. There's not, we have three shifts. The first one is 6am to 2pm. Second shift is 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. And then we have a third shift, which is 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. So three eight-hour shifts. What's what's your favorite shift then? They have pros and cons for each one. I am personally not a fan of third shift. There's not enough to keep me busy. Um, for third shift? For third shift. However, okay. the third shift dispatchers, I don't want to say they see more severe crimes, but you have to understand they're going, people are going home from the bar. They might have drunk drivers that have car mm-hmm. accidents, you know, just crime like that. That's different that you wouldn't really want to see on first shift. So, yeah. Right. Okay. So what would be some positives and negatives to, um, working what you're working right now for shift? So positives personally, one thing that helped me with this job is I have adult children. I didn't have to worry about schedules, ball games, getting them home, getting them fed, getting them to ball games. So my personal opinion is great for single people. If you want to get into LE, this is a great step. The negatives, um, it really is hard to to know that um, I'm not, I'm saying this in the most polite way that I can. A mother who thinks that she wants to come here because it's like her dream job. And it's hard for them to understand that, you know, on Tuesday night, you're not going to be able to tuck in your children mm-hmm. on Christmas day, you're going to be working. Yeah. And as long as they accept that, I mean, it's a very rewarding career, but it's just hard for mothers to with really small children, them. correct. Of young children. Correct. So Absolutely. it's been so, yeah. So like you said, for, for, you know, people with grown children or mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. That would be really difficult. And speaking from experience, it, it does, it kind of strains a family mm-hmm. when, you know, I mean, those things kind of, but it's crazy though, how much, like if you're used to it, that becomes your norm. That is your norm. Correct. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and had you, like, as a kid, did you grow up with any of your family members working these sort of shifts? Absolutely not. Um, they, both my parents were day job, you know, or my mother was a stay-at-home mom. So, so yeah, that would have been, that would have been a hard shift to make had you mm-hmm. made it as, um, as a young mom, definitely. 
So let's talk about the relationships with the people that you work with. I have no doubt that this, um, this career in law enforcement definitely bonds people. How has this job affected the relationships that you have with those around you, family, your friends, has it really affected you in a different way? Do you, do you view things differently now when it comes to family and friends? Um, as far as my direct family here who look, you know, my children, my mother, um, them being adults themselves, they understand the stretch of a job. Um, and any job can be good days and bad days. I don't care if you work at McDonald's. I don't care if you work in a lawyer's office, there are good days and bad days with every single job. Um, so just having them understand that is a huge plus my friends. I have a very small circle of friends and they know that, especially when I was on second shift, my schedule was not conducive to dinner at five o'clock on Thursday or let's on Saturday night, let's go to Des Moines. Absolutely not. My days off are Wednesday and Thursday. What would you like to do? (laughs) (laughs) Here's my schedule. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So definitely being more intentional about those relationships then and um, Mm -hmm. making time that that's a thing. I think having to be intentional about making that time to be with those because your schedule is so crazy. Sure. So what about your coworkers? They have, have your coworkers become like family? Like, do you, I mean, what, tell me about a night or a day in that room with the people that you work with, like talk about that, those relationships that you have. Sure. And as far as the actual dispatch room, your goal is always to want to work with the best partner that you can. That way, if you know something does go wrong, you have each other's backs. We're going to get the job done and make sure everybody gets home safe outside of dispatch, you know, worrying about um, their officers, you know, administration, anything along that lines, just making sure that together we're a team. I think it's great to be friendly with them, but I personally try to keep home and work separate. Yeah. And I feel like with such a stressful career path, that's gotta be a normal thing for, for people in law enforcement and first responders to kind of separate that. I mean, just before we started recording, we talked about how you got to compartmentalize a little bit. Um, Do you feel like compartmentalizing is something that you can do easily or did you have to like work at that? Or are you just like naturally built to do that when you have, you know, really terrible calls come in? Um, I think so. I can, I can disassociate. Oh yeah. With anything bad. I understand that it doesn't have to do with me. I understand it affects their family, but I've done what I could on my end. Yeah. You've been, yeah. You have done your job to the best of your ability. Uh Yeah, man. I feel like I would have to take some real practice at that (laughs) because. So then what do you do for yourself? Because it is a fast paced, stressful environment uh, you know, for like I said, eight, 10, 12 hours a day, multiple days mm-hmm. a week. How do you take care of yourself in that? Um, for myself personally, I love sleep. So I definitely make sure I get a good amount of sleep, really yeah. let my body relax, you know, get things out of my head or whatever it needs to be do on its own. Mm-hmm. Um, spending quality time with friends and family, it can be 
we have a group we call family, which are your friends <laughs> that are family. So we get a, together a lot as a family mm-hmm. and just maybe we go to Riverside and have breakfast. Maybe us girls only will go to, you know, have Mexican food one night. Yeah. So that really helps. Really, really helps. Do you feel, you talked about sleeping. Do you feel, and like working things out, do you feel like, do you dream? Do you feel like your dreams, like, give a Uh, like workout things that you're processing, like through your dreams? When I first started, yes. Um, I felt like I was having dreams, like my car was stolen and it was a green Passat. I'm like, I don't even own a green Passat. (laughs) Like, why am I dreaming about my car (laughs) that I don't even own gets stolen? So I did have that for a while. Um, now not so much. I did have one instant just the other day. I was sitting at my kitchen table, completely forgot I was at home. And I thought to myself, did I status check that officer? Which means what, <laughs> what does that mean? I'm just taking, make sure they're okay. What are they doing? How's the call that they're on, you know, status? What is their status? Are they good? Do they need an okay. extra unit? Yeah. That's so, so crazy. So, oh my gosh. Yeah. The things that you think about, it becomes like your, the way that you think and like operate. Sure. Absolutely. Okay. So before joining law enforcement, what was your perception of those, you know, like in communications and dispatch? Um, I think I had a pretty good of idea what our local LE um, duties were and what our officers provided and stuff like that. Um, I always, you know, you always hear the thing, they're spread too thin for the size of our community. I really didn't have anything negative that I came into with that, that would be like, oh, you know, this is bad, or I heard this was bad. I really don't have that, which I think is great. Um, But I had a pretty good, you know, conception of what they were doing and, and the services that they provided. Dispatch ended up being way more than I thought it would be, especially with paperwork. I guess that's one thing you don't think about. You know, everything is double checked, triple checked. The state is watching you. You enter warrants. It's just a lot of paperwork. Yeah. And I didn't realize that either. So how much of your day would you say that you dedicate to paperwork? Just depending on the day. You're doing it all day long. If you've got five seconds, look it over, sign your name. Okay. Okay. So you are, so it's just like a, a record of everything that was said and done in order. Um, no, not necessarily. Okay. I'm talking about like if an officer arrests uh, a citizen on a, a warrant that they had, we have to clear that warrant. We have to document that we cleared it. We have to document that someone checked us. Um, just all kinds of things like that. Entering parking tickets, you know, if you got downtime, enter a parking ticket. Oh my gosh. Or whatnot. Yeah, yeah. So really when you do have five minutes, you don't, you don't even have five minutes because you're doing Correct. more things. Yeah, absolutely. So then how has this position that you are in changed the way that you view your community? Has it changed? Um, what does that look like for you? Um, I remember my first few months, especially listening into phone calls. I didn't realize the magnitude that our mental health community needed help with, mm-hmm. honestly. I didn't realize that there were that many people in our community that were struggling and needed legitimate help. And it was just hard to find it for them for whatever reason. And that's not nothing against, you know, the facilities that we have here, but we definitely need more. 
Right. Because I mean, that's, that's where all crime begins essentially, you know? Um, yeah. And if you combat that with a drug user with mental health issues, yeah. you know, or homelessness, mm-hmm. high stress situations on their end. Correct. Yep. It just adds up. Yeah. So then has the way that you go about your day-to-day changed from before? I mean, I know that, I mean, I don't remember a time where my husband wasn't involved in law enforcement in some way. Um, but I remember like going to the grocery store and TJ would, um, want to leave <laughs> because he had spotted someone that he knew <laughs> from. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So does, do you, do you have, a, do you experience that, um, or on the, on the light side, do you, you know, ever have experiences with people that are positive outside of, um, outside of the um, office? My, I would say I'm just more aware yeah. of things, not that I'm waiting for bad things to happen, but more aware. And one of the things that came to mind was at 34 and 63, thinking by like, you know, the end of Wapolo Street Bridge in the GOP area. I'm more aware of making sure I don't see an ambulance or fire truck or an officer coming at a pretty good distance. I really look before I enter just because you never know, you know, they can come out of nowhere. Right. So another thing that I personally do that I caught myself doing the other day, simply because I've had to take reports of it. Women need to put your purse in the car versus putting in the groceries first and leaving your cart, your purse in the cart because people can absolutely come up and snag your like purse. at the grocery store like put your put correct put correct. your put your purse guys you heard it put your purse in the car yeah that's yeah. something that I wouldn't have thought of yeah absolutely that's one thing I do so you're more aware of your surroundings and yeah and you know and like you said like TJ I am thankful they do not know what I look like Whereas like if they're in jail a lot, they're going to recognize a jailer yeah. at high vive more than they will right. me. But I definitely recognize voices. Oh, I can hear somebody two aisles down at high V and I'm like, Ooh, I know not to go down that. Oh, aisle. that's crazy. Yeah. I bet you recognize voices. Yeah. I may not know what you look like, you know, especially if you call every day, that doesn't mean I know what you look like. I just know what your voice sounds True. like. True. Interesting. That's fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about your workflow. So what does a normal day look like for you now? Talk us through what your day-to-day is. I never say there's a normal day ever. Um, I clock in at, you know, 5.45 a.m. I get to dispatch. You know, I talk to the third shift dispatcher, get a rundown. Did you guys do anything exciting? And I use that term loosely. <laughs> Did you do anything exciting? Yeah. Um or just calls are happened or anything else that they need to pass down to me. Um, and we just jump right in. We get signed into the computers. We make sure all our maps are up. Our state stuff is up and we start answering the phone. However, it comes at us. Yeah. And I'm sure it is all very fast. Sure. And you can never determine call volume. You can never determine medical calls. Um, and same way with, you know, you know, everything from gas drive-offs to domestic abuse cases. You can never predict that ever. Oh yeah. People don't pay for their gas. <laughs> just to drive off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that happens. That's crazy. That's interesting. I would be, I'm fascinated to know what it would be like to be, um, 
a convenience store like clerk or attendant. That's gotta be interesting too. Um, so then roughly just give me your best estimate on how many decisions that you make in a day. Every five seconds. (laughs) Cause I have to determine what's going on and how do I remedy that? Whether it's, I transfer them to an administrative office or if I need an officer to go talk to them if I need to send an ambulance constantly just whatever um, is given to us at that time so have you ever thought about the amount of pressure that is resting on your shoulders like have you thought have you sat and thought about that um yes and no I know that I'm going to put this the best way I can some people like to dispatch because they like the title. Okay. They want to be able to say, I'm a 911 dispatcher. I'm not saying that we have that here locally, um, but it's definitely a real thing. Okay. They want to be able to say, I'm a 911 dispatcher. Um, where some of us are like, we don't want you to know what we do. Because <laughs> then, you know, you're going to approach us in the store. You're going to, you know, if you see, you know, Aunt Betty, she's going to pull you over and ask you what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, like me right now. I'm like, hey, <laughs> tell me about it. <laughs> um, yeah, crazy. So then you have to have a like your brain has to know like the out like the the outline of our community. Do you know? I mean, as far as as addresses and like directions, do you have a pretty good idea of where everything is in Atumwa? Um, I think. Fairly well. I mean, I'm born and raised here. True. Yes. Um, there's still streets. Somebody will call me with a 911 and they'll say their street. And I'm like, I have no idea where that's at. We have a street named that. We have a North street. Do you know where North street is in a town? Exactly. <laughs> I don't. You just learn. I just learn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You just find out, you just get them going and you, you go from there and then you, you just, put that in the vault for next time. Like, Oh, North street is on the East end. If you, if you, if you're up for it, what do you think the hardest thing about working in dispatches? Um, I would say no one on average is calling us because they're having a good day. Oh, right. They're calling 911 because they have an emergency, whether medical or law or anything along that lines. And even sometimes the admin lines can get bogged down with the same thing. I need to report that, you know, my car um, tire was slashed. You know what I mean? So it's just that constant, you know, crisis. They're not really calling you. Yeah. Having good. Yeah. yeah. They're in crisis. Um, so, and because of that, you on our end, we receive a lot of unpleasantries, whether it's being screamed at, yelled at, name calling. The whole nine yards. Yeah. The whole nine. So yards. that's got to be good for your psyche. You're like, oh, mm-hmm, and have a good, have a great day. Yeah. Correct. Absolutely. <laughs> God bless you. Kill them with kindness. Kill them with kindness. Sir, sir, I'm trying to help. Yeah. Yeah. That's got to be frustrating. Yep. I'm certain. Um, mm-hmm. You know, one thing that TJ always is trying to get me to do is be aware of exactly where I am. <laughs> because I never know where I am. I'm like, I, he's like, you're going to be the people, you're going to be the person that like calls and doesn't know where she is, but she needs help and she needs it now. (laughs) Do you get a lot of that? I think that's their 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I'll digress and just touch base on that, on something else that I had for earlier or later, excuse me. Um, I'm boggled by the amount of businesses that we have where employees work that they do not know their address nor their phone number. Oh yeah. You say I work at, if you say I work at BP, it's like, ma'am, we have five BPs. Which one are you at? Right. Or I'm at McDonald's. Okay. Are you on North side or South side? Right. What is your phone number? So if you have, let's say, you know, you're at what I'm with, Burger King and you see someone fall and they faint and you need to call 911 and the employee goes to call 911 and all they can say is Burger King. Okay. What's your address there? You know, what's your phone number? That boggles my mind that that many people, yes, they know where they work, but beyond that, they don't know anything. Yeah. And that should be common knowledge. I mean, so, so is the reason that you, I mean, in a small community, like for me, I'd be like, of course, you know where I'm at. I'm a Burger King. Like she fell. Help. And honestly, and we do have a computer system where I can type in Burger King and it will automatically pop up. But that's time wasted, right? Correct. Absolutely. Every second counts. If I have to stop and Google Burger, you know, where this is at. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, but yeah, a lot of the places that especially, you know, I don't want to say popular places that we go to, but you know, places that we need to go to like gas stations, those are automatically populated in the system. So we just type in, you know, whatever and go from there. Yeah. That's crazy to me. So then talking about the most difficult part or the hardest part about working in dispatch, what do you think is the easiest part? Um, this is going to sound weird, but twisted sense of humor that only others in the profession can understand yeah for whatever reason um that teamwork among dispatchers is crucial and when you get a good crew you can have fun at your job and do your job well that makes a huge difference true truly and Uh I, i feel like that is especially in you know first responders um emergence like first all of those things I feel like you because everything can be so morbid correct and awful and depressing you do have to kind of Mm -hmm. create that that environment and like sure like you said kind of disassociate from it but also yeah Mm -hmm. you still process it but you you have to also understand no matter what you you know, there comes a point in our life where we're all going to die. So as long as you do everything that you can to assist somebody or their family or, you know, anything, you have to live with that and just be like, I did my best. Yeah. Yeah. That's very heavy. The, the weight of that. Mm-hmm. So if you are comfortable, would you be willing to share the most devastating or the worst call that you've ever received? Um, I think a lot of people are going to remember when we had the officer involved shooting that happened a couple, almost two years ago over by Liberty school on the South side of Ottumwa. I took the first two 911 calls for that. The first was a lady who said there was a man shot. I immediately got officers heading that way. I kept her on the line. I received another 911 call and it was another neighbor who witnessed them running from the scene with weapons. Oh my gosh. Yeah. 
So that definitely sticks in my head. And I think the other thing mostly with that is I remember when I said, I need all available units to respond to blah, blah, blah. Male has been shot. I remember looking up at the camera system and seeing everyone run. Oh my gosh. Did you get goosebumps? I got goosebumps just now listening to you say that. Yeah, (laughs) I think I've talked about it enough now where it's not as harsh sounding, I guess. Um, You know, I remember typing shots fired, knowing that our officers were out there. I remember knowing that it was ungodly amount of heat index that day and officers were on top of buildings, you know, just getting exhausted from that. Um, but you, you just go into dispatch mode, you do the job and you keep everybody safe. And, and the amount of help that we had from other communities is just amazing. I, I mean, there's no word to describe that. Yeah. Yeah. But what, I mean, once it's all said and done and afterwards, how did, how did you feel? Um, I mean, it, it would lasted for hours. I know, but. Correct. It came in right at shift change at one, like one fifty or one fifty-five p.m. Or, or p.m. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, so second shift was about to walk in, and we all were there until almost seven or eight p.m. that night. Yeah. So I put in almost thirteen hours that day, just making sure that everyone came. Oh yeah, home. and you know, and the, you know, the law enforcement center it was great about providing counseling you know we had round table meetings about it um so that was an extra a real nice thing especially to know you know the officers that we had hearing their point and then them hearing our point from dispatch sense so that was really nice well and that's good to know as i mean as someone who is just like a normal not in law enforcement person you know someone it's it's good to hear that you know, your minds are being taken care of as well, because that would be, um, that'd be really heavy to carry. Um, so then alternately, if you're comfortable and you feel like it's okay, could you share the funniest call you've ever received? I'm, I'm intrigued. Um, for me, I, I can't pinpoint one specific thing. It's just every day, right? Um, Yes. It happens daily. You think nothing can be topped what you just spoke about. (laughs) And then the phone rings and it's even a little bit weirder than that. (laughs) I know for me, for just weird things, I remember a lady calling us and asking us if girls could be in the same bathroom together. Oh, (laughs) yes. That was her. She thought someone was breaking the law by not following the rules of girls being in the bathroom. And like, then, the, like, a, like a single stop, like a single toilet bathroom. Correct. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Interesting. She, yeah. So those kinds of things I'm like, so what did you respond? Let me, give me your best professional <laughs> response to that. I think that for something that, you know, I think I tried to describe it to her as girls share a locker room when they're in volleyball you know, girls, you know, slumber parties, I'm sure they go together, you know, even adult women, you know, if they go to the bar on girls night out, they still go to the bathroom together. It's perfectly normal, you know, and if you feel like you don't want, you know, your daughter to do that, then you need to speak to her about that. You're so good. (laughs) 
<laughs> if I was that lady, I would have been like, well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I try. I try. <laughs> but then you get off the phone and you're like, I may not be able to, you know, that's one of those things where I can't solve every phone conversation, <laughs> like with simple stuff like that. Obviously the officers have training and that's where I'm going to send 90% of everything. Yeah. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So, but it's just something like that. You just like, uh, this is what I'm going to say to them. And you say it and you wish them a good day and you hang up. (laughs) That's great. I love that. Oh man. Uh So I'm glad that you have some, you know, some humor to kind of lighten the load. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I keep everybody rolling. I try. And you do. You got to have a good team. You got to have a good team. You have to just smile at some point just be like this is awesome we're doing our job we're doing a great job our officers are awesome you know you just you gotta have that mentality well yeah especially in that field yeah yeah Yeah. so I'm so glad that you are there um talk about what you do um to take care of yourself and the ones that you love you know you know Mm -hmm. I'm sure maybe I don't did your perception or your your outlook on things change after being a dispatcher when looking at your family members? Um I would say no. Okay. Simply I've been a single mom for so long. My boys knew that mom had to work. Yeah. Mom had to work weekends, mom had to work nights. Mom if mom's working, then mom's working. Um so taking this job now with them being adults, um just knowing, you know, mom's still working in whatever capacity, you know, that she is. So, and then just when I do see them spending quality time with them, yeah. having dinner, you know, doing whatnot. So. Making the best food I've ever eaten. Yes. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I try. You do. You succeed. So <laughs> what do you wish that everyone knew about dispatch? Did we cover that kind of? No. No, well, I got additional stuff that I can absolutely add to it. Um, my biggest thing is like callers become our eyes. We cannot see what's going on, but you can. So tell us what you see, descriptions of the persons or vehicles, what is going on. The more we know, the more assistance that can be provided to you safely and effectively. Yeah. And I try to remind people, we are moms, dads, brothers, sisters, cousins. We are part of our community. We have family. We are just like you. So, you know, we're not, I don't know. We just, you know, we're part of our community. We're not no better. We're not no worse. We're part of our community. I I mean, I think that's such good advice because we are so kind of obtuse to our surroundings until it becomes important. And then, then I think some people kind of check Mm -hmm. out. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's, that's a good reminder to be aware and know. I like that visual of, of the eyes. That's mm-hmm. so true. Um, Correct. Absolutely. Okay. So Jen, I have a couple more questions for you. What would your best advice be for other dispatchers who might feel exhausted and overwhelmed um, by their job? Um, I myself am still new compared to some of my other co-dispatchers we have dispatchers that have got 15 years in, mm-hmm. you know, and here I am with three. Um, but even then those 15 year veterans have blah days, you know, it can be a bad call or just extremely busy. It doesn't matter whether you have 15 years or three years, that's the shift. 
we're in a position where privacy is crucial. And while some things are public knowledge, not being able to vent can be hard. Oh yeah. And that's a part of the, also the reason why I like keeping home away from coworkers. Cause if you get together with a bunch of coworkers, you end up talking about work yeah. and I want to be able to relax, not talk about work. Yeah. Yeah. That would be hard to kind of navigate. So finding, mm-hmm. yeah. Finding time to do that safely. Mm-hmm. Um, without yeah yeah so what would your for your support people of those who are in law enforcement or or, um in serving in dispatch what would your best advice be for families of dispatchers what what can we do to best help accommodate you yeah i think with for the family aspect, you need to talk to your family in advance about how they can support you on bad days. Do you need to be left alone? Do you need to cry and get a hug? Do you need to be taken to dinner? Um, Don't exclude them, include them to keep your own mental health healthy. So you just gotta make sure that you've communicated that beforehand. So if something does occur, excuse me, occur, you're covered with a good support team. Yeah. Being proactive because I think some of us, like I'm speaking for myself, but I think whenever I see someone is having a bad day, I automatically assume that they want to be comforted in the way that I want to be comforted. And that's not, that's not necessarily helpful. Um, In fact, it can be counterproductive. So that's good. I like that you talked about having that conversation prior to, um, and just, Uh and maybe, yeah, like just reminding each other every once in a while of of that sure if I, if I walk in the door and I could literally say you know it was busy leave me alone and the kids just leave me alone yeah so that's a huge thing so that's always nice yeah yeah to have time to kind of decompress for sure yeah oh Jennifer I have so enjoyed this conversation and a little glimpse into your world because it has been a an element of my world for so long but like you said I mean there's so much privacy involved and um heavy baggage and all of that and one of the things that unfortunately due to COVID that we've had to stop is the Citizens Academy where um, citizens of our own community can take a course within the law enforcement that they just go through with you and and that's one of the things you get to do is you come to dispatch and I get to show off all the bells and whistles and everything that we do. Tell me more about that. What is that? Um, it's a program that you can sign up for. I think you have to fill out an application for it. Um, obviously, they're going to do background checks. They're going to make sure, you know, you're kosher before we let you into the law enforcement center and, and all the guts and glory of it. Um, you get to do ride-alongs. You get to go to dispatch. You walk through the jail. Um, you're going to take quite a few classes in the sense of like, they're going to let you listen to actual 911 calls. They're going to let you listen to funny calls. They're going to show you how our law enforcement center works. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. I had no idea that existed. Yeah, um, COVID cut the last one almost in half. It just, I think they got barely three or four weeks in when it had to stop due to COVID. So how long is this program? Oh, I don't know. It's quite a few weeks. It's quite a few weeks. That's fascinating. I want to know more about that. That's incredible. I'm gonna have to look into Mm -hmm. that. Sign up for it when COVID's over. Because I want to know. 
Yeah, it's a great thing. And I wish more citizens would understand the spectrum from everything that we do. You know, they think that our officers are just sitting inside the law enforcement center doing nothing when in reality, I'm screaming at them from go to here to go to there, go to here, go to there. Don't, you know, no, you can't go to the bathroom. Don't get a pot go over to this house. So, I mean, you just go, go, go. Yeah. How rewarding and awesome um, that, that it is to, to be you in that career. I am, what a wonderful, wonderful job you have done, Jennifer. And thank you so much for sharing with me and us. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So um, you guys, Jennifer Finley, Atumwa, data communication specialist. Yes. She's got all the good stuff. She's got great memes. Y'all should have her on Facebook. She's fantastic. <laughs> no, I don't want so, to be no. like, well, she sounded so professional on the <laughs> podcast and then we see her in real life and you're like, oh no, oh, not at all. <laughs> this is all about vulnerability and real, Jen. It's all good. That's right. Well, um, <laughs> well, thank you so much, you guys. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the B podcast. We will catch you next time. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the B podcast. Make certain to subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. Screenshot this episode and share to your social media to bring awareness to this project. Share and join our community on Facebook. Thanks again for listening, and I'll catch you next time for more inspiring stories told by real women. Wishing you peace and love. I'm Cami Milliken, and this has been The Bee Podcast.